Activism isn't about being loud, it's about making a meaningful change. I'm a catalyst for change. Catalyst for change. I saw what was happening to our planet and the injustice of climate change. I was like, wow, I'm an activist at heart. Combining art and activism to inspire change. I had to find my place in activism as a young black woman. I realized you're never too small to take action. Youth have ideas for what a climate resilient future looks like. Protecting the environment isn't a wise people's thing. It's something for everyone. I wanted to learn about how inequality, poverty and gender intersect. Intersectional feminism is important to discuss. Now people are joining me and we're making change. I had to learn to trust my abilities and understand that my voice mattered. I proved to myself what I could do. Change needs to start with you and me. Youth are leading. Welcome to Youth Tell All a homegrown South African podcast sharing stories of young people taking action to create a more sustainable, inclusive and equitable future for all. My name is Zahir Suleiman. I'm a digital arts and game design student aiming to bridge the gap between creativity and policy. In today's episode, we'll be hearing a story from Rachel Guys Brown. She's an 18-year-old first-year varsity student studying mechatronics engineering. Rachel is passionate about climate activism with policy and implementation and today she's going to share a story about how her involvement with the South African Youth Climate Action Plan. This is Rachel for the Youth Tell All podcast. My climate action journey started sitting at the Mug and Bean at Lower Sabi in the Kruger Park with my earphones in and my heart beating way too fast, connecting to my first Johannesburg YCAP meeting. In the August holidays of my grade 11 year, my family and I went to the south of Kruger and I got an email from one of my teachers at school, Mrs. Brown, who was the head of Model United Nations, which is a debating which simulates the United Nations where you represent a country and discuss topics the United Nations is currently discussing. So she had sent me this link, which was an invite to a meeting or a dialogue rather between the youth of Johannesburg and the city of Johannesburg's climate action team. Of course, in the Kruger Park, there is not very good internet connection. So I spoke to my family and they're really, really supportive of me. And we made a plan that we could get to Lois Arby where I could have good enough internet connection. Of course, as it happens, the morning of the meeting, we're driving into the park and it's probably the best morning we have in the game reserve. We see a pack of wild dogs and we see two male lions. And my family and I are sitting there watching the lions while we're watching, or I'm watching the time out of the corner of my eye. And I get to a point where I have to be like, I'm really sorry, family, but please can we go? Otherwise, I'm going to be late for the meeting. And of course, really supportive family that they are. We leave the lions and I get to Lois Arby in time and I connect to the meeting and I'm trying to take a few calming breaths. And while sitting in this beautiful environment, listening to the birds around me, just having my heart really beating a bit too fast because I was nervous to be there. I felt very out of my depth and was just trying to find my footing in this new space. But I sat in the meeting that morning just trying to absorb all the information that I could and learn from what everyone is saying. I had prepared for the discussion and thought through my own ideas and what I wanted to contribute, but sitting there I felt overwhelmed and like I couldn't put my words into coherent sentences to say what I wanted to say. It came to the end of the meeting and my head was swarming with everything that had been said and trying to learn all the new jargon. 
and they brought up creating a team to bring together all the youth's ideas. And of course, I would love to be part of this team, but I felt that I didn't know enough to join. With my teacher sending me very supportive messages and convincing me that even if I felt I didn't know enough, it would be a great space for me to learn and continue my climate action journey. And so I offered to be part of the drafting team. As a drafting team, we created what we now call the Johannesburg Youth Climate Action Plan or the Johannesburg YCAP, which showed the youth of Johannesburg's ideas and demands for our future in climate action. I consider joining this drafting team my big leap into climate action, but it wasn't my first step. I'd become very passionate about climate action in high school. I saw what was happening to our planet and the injustice of climate change, and I wanted to see where I could make a difference. Before I joined the drafting team, though, I got involved in other ways. The previous year, in my grade 10 year, I had joined Greater Thunberg's Fridays for the Future March at the Union Buildings in Pretoria. I'd convinced a group of friends and students from my school to join me in this and I'd convinced the school that we could leave early because it was a school day, of course, and organised transport to get from our school in Johannesburg to Pretoria. And it was my first way that I started showing my voice and trying to convince the government to take climate action more seriously. Earlier the same year, I joined the drafting team. I also participated in two youth dialogues with Minister Creasy of the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and the Environment. Um, the same teacher who had gotten information about the Johannesburg Youth Climate Action discussion got information about these youth dialogues from Youth at SIA. The first one was in person, which feels very foreign and far away for me right now. And the second one was online. I was able to learn a lot from Minister Creasy and what the government was doing, but I left the meetings feeling like I hadn't been able to contribute my ideas to climate action and not sure how to move forward in this space. Joining the drafting team for the Johannesburg YCAP was what started to shape my path and where I started becoming a part of climate action more continuously. We started having meetings to bring the ideas together in September. I unfortunately missed the first few meetings because of compulsory school events. But the first few meetings I joined, I'd be sitting at my desk in my bedroom and on the evenings on team calls. I was one of two high school students on the team and everyone else was in varsity or working. So we'd have our team's meetings in the evenings. And I'm pretty sure that they thought that I didn't know how to unmute my mic or my computer from the first few meetings because of how little I spoke. Hearing how eloquently they could write these policy statements, I sat there just bundle of nerves. I would plan what I was going to say because I was so nervous. And when I'd finally feel ready to speak and had brought all my thoughts together and was about to raise my hand on the team's icon, we would be so far past that point that it wasn't even relevant anymore. I remember one evening, I think it was a Friday, before we continued working on the topic and the document, everyone was just chatting and asking each other how the week had been and just having a relaxed conversation. And it was the first time I'd really got to know everyone that I was working with. 
because what was a bit different for me in my climate action journey was the first time I met everyone I was working with was almost a year after I started working with them. And after that one Friday evening discussion before we got into the document, I felt more comfortable and confident to share my ideas. I was still nervous and doubting what I was saying, but it was where I started to believe in what I was saying and feel more confident to speak up on the meetings. The team, of course, was an amazing team, and I learned how to do research and write statements and look at different things from a different perspective and learn more in-depth about different topics. One of the sections I'm proud of my contribution to was the leadership and advocacy principle in our document. In this principle, we call for greater investment in youth capacity building and cooperation with the youth. We also look at youth organisations that already exist and how we can work with them and having youth climate ambassadors. Part of what I did was I knew someone in my school was, who was on the Johannesburg Junior Council, which is an organization of students from schools in Johannesburg who run different projects in environmental areas and other service areas. I connected with her and got the contact from the Johannesburg Junior Council who was led the environmental section and saw how maybe the two of us could work together or how it was an example of an organization that the city of Johannesburg could work with. And that was probably my first step in taking my own initiative outside of the meetings to see what I could bring from my high school space. This document is now the Johannesburg YCAP and part of the official Johannesburg Climate Action Plan, which was launched in June this year. I unfortunately was not able to be part of the launch because of exams, but I'm really proud to be part of the project and the team. The Johannesburg YCAP led into the South African YCAP, which had the same idea behind it of sharing youth's voices and ideas for our future, but on a much bigger, broader, more encompassing scale, and also adding a personal touch of stories. I am one of the many amazing coordinators and one of three leads for implementation. I felt a lot more confident this year in the climate action space and although I still get nervous when sharing my ideas and my heart still beats a bit too fast, I started to lead breakaway discussions and become more confident to use my voice and to try and help others to use their voice and to bring our ideas and thoughts together. I have just finished high school and I plan on going to university next year but my passion for climate action is definitely coming with me. And I'm excited to continue to learn and find my voice and grow in the space from the inspiring voices around me. Thank you. Rachel, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and this incredible journey to create the Youth Climate Action Plan. But I have to ask you, like so much of what you spoke about involved writing and drafting policy, which I think most of us have absolutely no idea how to do. How did you learn to write policy and how important do you think it is for young people to be involved in this policy making process? So I first became involved through Model United Nations debating, which I had at school. I joined this in grade nine and we have an amazing teacher at the school that I went to, uh, Rodine, Mrs. Marge Brown, who is really passionate about Model UN and really great at teaching it and bringing new students into that space. And it taught me how internationally policy is used to show country statements and to set goals for the future. And through MUN, I 
learned a lot of the jargon that's involved and how to write a statement in a policy format. And then the next big step for me was learning through doing. So I joined the Johannesburg Youth Climate Action Plan in 2020 and I was very new and it was my first proper policy writing experience and I felt out of my depth but the people who in who I was in the drafting team with had years of experience and I learned from them and it was really an incredible opportunity to be part of that team. I heard how they took the input and refined it into policy statements and then I learned from that experience and in the South African YCAP I felt a lot more comfortable in the policy writing space but I definitely consider myself a novice still, um, still learning, but I definitely think how you do it is through being involved and doing. And then why I think policy is so important is because it's a way for our voice to be heard. Statements I think that you often hear is that the youth are leaders of tomorrow. And I think what this podcast shows is that we're the leaders of today and youth are leading now. And it's important for us to be able to express our ideas and opinions and through policy because it's a way in which government and leaders will listen because it's using their language and stepping into their space. And so I believe it's a really important tool to use in our activism. Wow, that's that's incredible. And to think that you went from model UN to doing such of these big things like shout out to Mrs. Brown. <laughs> But jumping off of that, um, with the fact that you were in high school at the time when you started, you coordinated input for the action plan from youth at a university level while still being in high school. You speak about attending all of these different meetings with governments, sometimes even with the minister. What did it feel like to be engaging at this level and how did you manage to keep up? So in all honesty, I felt so out of my depth a lot of the time, and I still do. I felt like my voice wasn't important enough, and maybe my ideas weren't good enough, and it was very intimidating. And I would spend a lot of time before and after the meetings preparing and going through content, doing research on like what's happening at the moment, and I'd even like prepare some of my statements so that I'd feel more confident to say them in the meetings. And... The first few meetings I joined, I took more as learning experience before I felt more comfortable to talk. Um, something which I was able to do because most of my journey was online was to use the chat function if I was too nervous to speak. But looking back, I've realized that there is no right or wrong answer and everyone's opinion is valid. And that just because I was new and didn't have as much experience, that didn't mean that I couldn't contribute and I didn't need to feel nearly as nervous as I did and still do. I also learned that although older people often do have more experience, Asian experience do not define the importance of your contributions and everyone's contributions are all important. And it's really good to hear different perspectives coming from different voices because it gives a well-rounded look on a project that you're doing. I often also brought my own ideas down because I didn't think they were good enough or it was contrasting to someone else's. And I'm definitely still learning and I often still feel intimidated, but I don't want that to stop me from contributing. And looking back, I have realized that it's much more important to contribute and have the different opinions than to feel intimidated in the spaces. 
Yeah, no, definitely. That's a very insightful answer. I can just imagine you doing like the grammar checks and the spell checks in the team's chat just to make sure. But I mean, look at you. You've done literally everything under the sun. So I'm very excited to see what you do next. But one last question. As if the YCAP process wasn't already difficult enough. You were doing all of this during the COVID-19 pandemic. So everything took place online. What was it like to coordinate and work online at such an intense level? And how did you create connections with people you had never met before? And what role do you think technology can play in terms of bringing people together for these kinds of projects? So yeah, as you said, most of my climate action journey has been online. I had one in-person meeting at the beginning of 2020. And most of the people who I was working with, I only met over a year after I started working with them. And I definitely think you lose some of that personal connection and friendships that you can create in person. And it's a lot more easy to build relationships and a lot more natural to build relationships in person. Because when you're at home on a meeting, you can easily just join and keep off your camera and keep off your mic and go grab your cup of coffee before it starts. And it's quite easy to disengage from it. Um, whereas in person, you'll arrive and before the meeting, you can chat to people and it's a lot more engaging and has a lot more of that personal touch to it. But I think it's about making an effort in meetings to not lose that human touch of checking in with everyone because you can't see through a screen how people are doing as easily. So it's really important to ask. And either at the beginning or during the meeting, taking a break at some point to get to know each other and have the kind of conversations that you would have had in person so that you can still build those relationships because we can't ignore the benefits of technology. Doing everything online has its challenges, but it provides so many opportunities, allows us to bring people together from across the country. For the South African YCAP, we were able to have a much larger group and get people involved without having to bring them physically together, which really does have its benefits. And having meetings at weird times of the day, sometimes even at 10 p.m., is one of the benefits of technology. And although it's strange to have meetings at that time of the day, it often works for students and it's when we can all meet and have the space then to do it online. Going forward though, I think as the youth, we are a generation that's really grown up with technology and I think we should use it as a tool to connect with people who we can't be with in person. But while doing that, make sure we don't lose the human touch either during meetings to just build those relationships, but to also have in-person meetings when you can. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we're all hoping to be back in person, but we have to just acknowledge the benefits that technology brings for these kinds of things. But thank you, Rachel, so much for being here and sharing your insightful journey. I'm sure so many listeners are left inspired after today, knowing that age or experience aren't really defining matters in these situations, as long as they just start. That's all the time we have for today, friends. Join us next time to hear more stories of youth making change in their communities. The Youth Tell All podcast is a production from Youth at Sire, the youth programs at the South African Institute for International Affairs. Youth at Sire is focused on giving a voice to young Africans to tackle the major issues that confront them while building capacity to engage with policymakers at national, regional and international levels. Youth at Sire empowers youth with the skills to become the continent's leaders with a commitment to co-creation and collaboration, inclusivity, decolonization, social justice and intersectionality. 
Our broader thematic areas cover climate change, gender, education, employment, and sustainable and regenerative futures. This series has been made possible with the financial support of the European Union's Partnership Instrument and the German Federal Ministry for the Environment, Nature, Conservation and Nuclear Safety through the International Climate Initiative. The opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of the funders. This episode was produced by Kiara Wirth and Desiree Koshulik in collaboration with Solid Gold Podcast Studios. The Youth at Saya leadership team includes Desiree Koshuluk, Videbojo Libia, Lucille Nayadu, and Itumeleng Mpure. Story development has been done by Kiara Wirth. If you have a story to share or want to learn more about our podcast, our programs, or how to get involved in youth activism, head over to our website, saya.org.za slash youth. That's S-A-I-I-A dot org dot Z-A slash youth. Youth at Saya is across social media sites too, so find us wherever you are. Thanks for listening, and until next time, remember, youth are leading.